Welcome to Girl Power History. I'm Alexa Contos. And I am Brianna Piero. We're using last names today. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. We can be more informal next time. I feel like we normally are. Hello, Alexa Contos. Coming to you live from Girl live. Power History Studios. <laughs> In Washington and Illinois at the same time. It's crazy. What's up? How's it going? How Oh, it's been a whirlwind. Chicago, Georgia, Georgia, Washington. Now I'm back home. It's been crazy. Then I leave to go back to Chicago. Like, I don't know, in a week or something. So. Tell us about your weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Pretense. I called Alexa. The second I got into my hotel room, (laughs) like full blown, I need to tell somebody and I need to tell somebody I'm alive. (laughs) So I got a story for you. So, um, I land in Georgia and I get an Uber because my husband was jumping out of airplanes still. Um, He was at airborne school in Columbus, Georgia. So at Fort Benning. And I went to like pin him and do his graduation. And so I ordered an Uber and an Uber shows up. Grateful. I had a car. That's great. Um, But there were two people in the Uber and the person that was pictured wasn't the driver. Red flag. Um, yeah, should have probably questioned that right away. But there were two females, so I was just like, I'm more in a safe spot, you know. And I was just like, um, and then I also was like, maybe that wasn't the person, but like the license plate match. So I was just like, it has to be the right thing, right? So I get in car, really, 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 really gross, like disgusting made me cringe. was like, okay, just get it. Just it's a 15 minute ride. We'll just get it done. So, um, I get in and then we're driving and I was like, Oh, is this like a, what is it? The group group Uber sort of is called Uber carpool. Yeah. Carpool. So I thought it was a carpool. And so I am like, Oh, is this a carpool? And they're like, Oh, what's that? And I was like, you know, when there's multiple people on one trip, you're the Uber driver. (laughs) But, and she's like, oh no, I'm just teaching like my best friend how to Uber. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. One second. I feel like this is red flag number two because, um, is she teaching her how to derive or is she teaching her how to Uber? Because I feel like you could get the gist of it by sitting in the passenger seat. I questioned that as well. Um, (laughs) Valid question. And I was like, 
what is the, what is going to happen to me right now? So um, we're driving, we're about like five minutes from the airport. And then she's like, Oh, are you going on to post? And I was like, onto like the installation, the army base. Um, and I was like, yes, that's where the hotel is. And you're supposed to get alerted and like be able to have like either a military ID or like have an access card to be able to go on post with Uber. That's what I read. That's what I was told. And, um, she's like, oh, well, like my friend can't get on, on post. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Um, and she's like, well, why don't we stop your Uber and then we'll drop her off and then I'll finish your like ride and I'll just like bring you thereafter. And I was like, no, like you can't stop my Uber ride because that, that's like, like one, I was more so like, like starting to get freaked out and be like, she just wants to like drop me off in the middle of nowhere. And so in my head, I was like, well, Uber, like if it, if my GPS location says like, I'm not there and like you end it, then like there'll be a issue on like your Uber account. And she was like, oh, okay. Which I feel like that is logical, but like, I kind of was backing out of my ass at that moment. Like I was like, yeah, you just can't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's scary. So, um, so she's like, oh, okay. So let me just drop her off and then I'll like bring you. So I was just like, okay, thinking like a gas station or like a coffee shop, like on our way. No, we like drive her to this girl's car. Like I have no idea where I am. It was a good like 15 minutes out of the way to drop her off. And it was in a really terrible neighborhood, like not a safe area. And she even admitted like, this is not a good area. And like, you would not make it alone. And I was like, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for driving me here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like so glad we got off the highway to go to a neighborhood where I could get murdered or robbed. So excited to be here. Um, and I was like, the whole time, I was like really, really chill and like being like super friendly, like almost like over friendly and like really cool. Like I was being really cool. And <laughs> like they were like laughing with me. Like we were bonding mostly because I was like I don't want to get murdered or robbed so I'm going to be really cool um like yeah it's fine we can go to this hair terrible area acute Stockholm syndrome yeah (laughs) that happened to me so but like I also like what do you do in that situation like you have to ride it out like you're committed at that point so it's not like you can be like, okay, no, like, can you drop me off right here? Because I'm not getting dropped off in that neighborhood. Like, what what were my options? So, so we drop her best friend off. And she's like, Oh, come sit, come like move up front with me. And I was like, Okay. Um, so I like move up front and I'm 5'10. Um, and like she had to like push the seat back for me to sit up and she was like, Oh, like, oh shit, you're tall. And I'm like, Yeah, like I used to play basketball, like, um, you know, trying to pretend like I'm also really like strong and athletic. I think at that point I was going for really puffing um, up your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> just like, like, don't fuck with me. Like I'm okay. Like I can handle myself, you know? And, um, so we drive like for another like few minutes, she slams on her brakes and is like, Oh shit. I have a gun in the glove box. 
And I'm like, uh, no big deal. Everyone does that. I was just like, um, okay. And she's like, yeah, and it's loaded. I can't bring that onto, onto post if they like search my car. And I was like, immediately, like, why do you have a loaded gun in your glove box? Because she probably lives in that neighborhood, which is shady, but like, I get it. But like, you're Ubering. And also, I kind of was like, all right, if you're a female, but like, it's a gun, like, it's a, a loaded pistol. So she's like, hey, can you hand me the gun in the glove box? And I'm like, uh, can you put your fingerprints on this too? That is exactly like, I was like, no, like, I'm like, so I was like, no, I, I'm not going to grab it. So she like grabbed the gun. She reached across from me, grabbed the gun out of the glove box unloads the gun like essentially in my lap like like I was that was the moment where I was like I could fucking die right now (laughs) like it was like what the hell like terrible turn of events I got like that was not a good situation to be in so I was like, you should definitely put that in the trunk and separate the bullets and the gun. Because in my head, I'm like, get that away from me. Like, f- like I don't know this girl. We are not in a good area. Like, she could, like, put me at gunpoint, rob me. I don't know. Like, so many things going in my head. So she puts the gun in the trunk. And then um, we're on our way. And she's just talking about how she didn't want to, like, get her car searched. And, like, in my head, I'm like, she could have put that gun in my bag. Like, my bag is in the trunk. She could have literally, like, I'm like, if I would have put my hands on it and then put it, she could have put that in my, like, I'm, like, thinking the worst case scenario here. I'm like, she could be framing me for murder. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is, like, I'm just like, what is going on? And um, so we get onto post and, like, first off. I thought like she had to have a like normal installations. Like, I don't know what this one was. She shouldn't have been driving. Like it should be the person who holds the military ID is like escorting someone else onto post because they're like, that is your responsibility. Right. Um, Like you're vouching for this person, but she was driving me and like we get to the gate. You are not supposed to have a unregistered weapon on a military installation. So I'm like sitting there. I'm like, do I just like tell him? Do I just like try to get to the hotel and avoid this like situation? And in my head, I'm like screaming like she has a gun. She has a gun. She has a gun. But I'm like, okay, just get through the post, get to the hotel. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And by this point, this is like 45 minutes into the drive. It should have taken me like 15 minutes to get to, to post. So like, so many things are going wrong. So she gets access to get on the installation and we are driving to the hotel. Her phone dies. <laughs> My phone is at like 5%, which I was like saving that just in case, like, I don't know, I get murdered. Um, and so she like, so I'm like, okay, we're on the installation. Like, I feel like a little bit safer. Um, so I GPS like where the hotel is and like get her to the hotel to drop me off. Um, her phone is like not charging in the car charger that she has. So when we get to the hotel, she's like, she's like, oh, I'm just going to run in real quick and like charge my phone. So she follows me into the hotel and I'm checking in and like the lady asked for like my name and like all this stuff. And I'm literally just handing her my ID, not like saying anything, like not saying like my 
like my husband's name, his last name, like anything. And like, she like writes down on like the number of my room. Like she didn't say it out loud, which I was like, thank you. Like, you know, like, thank you for not doing that. And, um, and then her phone is still not charging. And so I end up giving her my charger to charge her phone. And then I just sit there with her to wait for her phone to charge and make sure she like leaves the hotel. Oh my God. And I'm just like the full like panic. Like, again, I was in like super cool, like chill mode, like, this could have been the worst situation ever. And I never put myself in situations where like there could be a potential to be in a harmful situation. Like I don't walk by myself at night. Like I don't do things like specifically. So I do not have to deal, like have to be in that situation or put myself in a position where I would have to defend myself. Like I don't, I don't want to be in that position. And that, like ride was so terrifying. And then I get, I like get up to the hotel room. I like lock the door and then I break down in like a panic. And like, I call Alexa and I'm like laughing and crying at the same time because I'm one, I'm really proud of myself with like how I handled the situation because I feel like most people would be freaking out. Um, and then second, like, wow, how did that happen? How, like, like that is so many unfortunate events that happen like simultaneously that it's just like, yeah, holy shit. So that was story one of Georgia. (laughs) That's really intense. (laughs) So, and then story two, my husband and I walked um, to, we went to dinner and we are walking out and I have this like, this aura about me, I guess, if you will, that like I stray sure, cat. I the pigeon, pigeon lady from Home Alone, but, but with cats. <laughs> that's that's who you are. That, that is me. Um, and this cat comes up to me in Georgia and is like the cutest freaking kitten. And she is like like on my legs, like meowing, like like climbing on my legs and I like go down and like pet her and she's like climbing into my arms and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just found my second stray cat. Like she just walked into my life and now we're going to have to figure out how to take it, this cat home to Georgia or from Georgia to Washington. And my husband is looking at me. He's like, oh my God, again, because this like right when we moved to Washington, we were walking like the downtown area and this like this cat was about to get like attacked by these crows and like i was like walking like past it and then i heard these crows and i like looked down and i like walked over and she like ran and jumped in my arms and then i took her home and now this is the second cat i flew like we went to the vet the next day on on post and then like got her paperwork and got her shots and then um got her a ticket home to washington so now i have two stray cats that have literally jumped into my arms. And um, I think two is the max that my husband would be okay with. But I mean, if it happens again, it happens. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. They're so cute. She's just like the cutest thing. So we named her Georgia, um, but her nickname is Gigi because my husband's last name starts with the G. So Gigi, Georgia G. So yeah, Gigi or Georgia. Now, what is, so is Basil's cute. last name, your last name, your husband's last name? Yeah. No, it's my last name. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure that you guys <laughs> have the... Okay. 
You guys each have one. We usually didn't mean to do that because like when I was filling out the paperwork um, for Basil, who's my other cat, I put my last name, Puro. And then for this one, Matt was filling out the paperwork for for Georgia. So then he put his last name. So then we were both like, oh, well, we both have a cat in our name, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was so funny. So terrible, horrible story getting there, but great outcome because now I have another cat. (laughs) I'm so glad you're okay, but I still cannot believe like that situation. I, I would have, I, I don't know what I, I mean, I'm not as nice as you, so I think I would have handled the situation differently. <laughs> you're you're nice and you're chill. I am I am like the other side of that situation. But I feel like I didn't have an option not to be chill because it's like, what is your alternative? I'd be holding the button on my Apple Watch. I don't have an Apple Watch. Oh, you should. And get my phone one. was at five percent. You're you're one of my contacts on there. Am I? Well, that's good. It calls the police and it calls and it um, automatically dials like 10 people in your phone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Something like bad happens. I'm glad I made the cut. One in 10. I think it's 10. I don't know. It's somebody, but I, I don't, I can't imagine anybody else that's on there. So I know, I know it's probably you and John. (laughs) That's good. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I feel, but like, what would they have done? I would have been like, I don't feel safe in this Uber. And the cop would be like, welcome to Columbus. I don't know. Like. <laughs> he could have probably gotten you on post. And, yeah. And I bet he sure. would also have a phone charger. And I bet he also has a loaded pistol. Yeah. I mean, so it's kind of the same situation, really. <laughs> <laughs> just different atmospheres. <laughs> I would just be in the back seat and. Which is Not fine. I prefer the back seat, so. <laughs> Yeah. So either way, I, uh, I'm just happy I'm home out of Georgia. Nothing. I've never been to really Georgia before. That was my first Georgia experience. So, uh, yeah, got a cat. So that's, that's the positive that I'm really excited about. Now you'll always so. be able to remember that trip. Mm-hmm. Yep. Almost dying. <laughs> She was nice though. It was like it and it was probably because I was being really nice. I don't know. The whole thing was weird. All all super weird. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. Um, so I did nothing this weekend. But last night uh, my daughter got her foot stuck in an elliptical machine. Oh my god, Brooklyn or Everly? Brooklyn. Oh no. Um so it was an intense about seven minutes and then two more hours of just screaming. Um, oh so that happened. So she have a leg. We had to cut it off. Oh, um, well. you know, it was funny because my mom stopped by this morning to pick something up and like I told her what happened and she's like, oh, my God, is she OK? And I'm like, no, she died. And then she's like, did you ice it? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I hate when people ask like questions like that. And I just, I can't help not being sarcastic. Like, I don't think I can give you a real response in that situation. Like, I just, I can't do it. But. Hence my question about 
does she have a foot still? So <laughs> I'm right there with you. It's gone. It's gone. No, it was Which like, I- you know, what's funny is I, I kind of realized like I get those like sister wife relationships because it's nice having someone else to like check in with. Like, should we be going to the ER right now? Thankfully, like I have like a text chain with friends who are also parents and like I texted a picture and I'm like, all right, can we like all vote on this? Like immediate care or not immediate care? <laughs> The vote was ice cream and weight, so that's what we did. Um, ice cream and weight. I like it. I like it. And she's, and she's fine. okay today. Yeah, she she could walk by like the end of the night. So we hung out and ate ice cream and played video games. And magically, that all made her feel all better. So Interesting. I highly prescribe uh, Nintendo Switch uh, if, you're, if your kid needs to be distracted from a really crazy weird could have been terrible injury so i'm glad she's okay i'm glad she's okay i'm glad we're all okay and alive and have all our limbs harrowing 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 adventures yes and a new cat so grateful anyways welcome to the family georgia welcome georgia so excited i will uh i'll post a picture of her she's so cute she was cuddling with me last night i'm obsessed i love cats never thought i'd be a cat person but here i am there you are a cat lady you're gonna be like the lady from the simpsons one day just washing cats in the river (laughs) oh god Oh god. Um my my mom told grandma that we have uh that we found another cat and grandma was like freaking out she's like another one what is wrong with her? Uh, <laughs> they just know there's something in the air. They're just like cats. That, Does she even know I have two cats? I don't she think probably so. Forgot. Probably. They hide. But they don't even exist in your house. They're like in the vent or something. They're in know. the night. Anyways, Alexa, your story today. What are we doing? Um, so of course, um, I did my usual thing of spending most of the, the week writing. A completely different story and then switching the night before. Oh, good. At least you have like several that are like ready to go. I do. I, I have like one started like all the time and I'm like, hmm, which one am I feeling this week? Yeah, um, I get that. So this week I thought this one was pretty apropos because her um, the jury selection for her trial started yesterday. So we are doing Elizabeth Holmes. Um, I plan on covering this at some point, and because the selection for the jury trial started uh, yesterday, there's no time like the present. So here we go. Um, I also am someone that loves following trials, and I find the legal process really interesting. So knowing the backstory on something and then seeing it play out in the courts, to me, it's kind of like reading the last book in like a series. Is like It's kind of, you know, the conclusion of like a really long story of like a a business and what happened afterwards. So without further ado, Elizabeth Ann Holmes was born on February 3rd, 1984 in Washington, D.C. Her father, Christian, was at one time a vice president at Enron, which is so, I'm going to use this word again. It's the word of the day. Apropos to the story, because if you didn't know, Enron is a now defunct company involved in one of the greatest accounting fraud scandals in history. 
Wow. I didn't know that little tidbit. That, <laughs> he that also, is very interesting. I know. He also later held a number of positions within government agencies like the EPA, uh, the U.S. TDA, which is the United States sector that is involved in trade and development in other countries, and then also the U.S. aid agency, which uh, administers foreign aid. So he was involved in all those. So, you know, totally cool. Um, her mother. He, um, what? Like, how does he move from, you know, a high position in a f- fraud um, filled, like, corporation and then goes and works for the government? Because that's how <laughs> everybody in the government gets their positions. I don't, I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Was there no red flags on hiring this man? No, that the red flags are the, your qualifications. Ah, okay, <laughs> yeah, got yeah, it. That's, got how, it. that's how that works. <laughs> uh, her mother, Noelle Ann, worked as a congressional committee staffer. So both involved in politics and whatnot. So while in high school, she became interested in computer programming and also studied Mandarin with a home tutor. Her first business was selling C++ compliers to Chinese universities. So what those are, it's she was selling computer programs that translate computer code. And she was doing this in high school. So she was super smart. And then while still in high school, Elizabeth was accepted into the Stanford University Summer Mandarin Program. So new more languages. New computer code, off to a good start. I guess I didn't realize that she was like that successful so young. Yeah. Well, I think it's easy when your parents are who they are like that. A lot of doors open for you. True. In 2002, Elizabeth was accepted into Stanford University's School of Engineering, where she began studying chemical engineering while working as a student researcher and a lab assistant. And by the end of her freshman year, Holmes was working in the laboratory of the Genome Institute of Singapore and tested lab samples for SARS-CoV-1, which is the predecessor to what we're dealing with right now. And shortly after that, she filed her first patent for a patch that would deliver, basically it would diagnose the patient and deliver the proper antibiotics to treat whatever virus they had. Which is impossible. The amount of technology to test that would not be able to fit on a patch. And also, like, antibiotics require infusion, meaning that, like, they need to be diluted and infused throughout your body so, like, they can get everywhere, your, your blood cells absorb. Um, it's, yeah, so that, that would not work. Um, so she was a dreamer. So she was a dreamer. I'll give her that. Mm-hmm. Um, in March of 2004, Elizabeth was dropping out of Stanford and using her tuition money to start a consumer healthcare technology company. Hmm. So in Palo Alto, California, Elizabeth began a company called Real Time Cures. Elizabeth described the company as democratizing healthcare. Elizabeth had a long fear of needles 
and said that this was her motivation to develop a way to perform a battery of blood tests using only drops of blood instead of the vials that are normally taken. In the documentary that I watched, it's crazy how barbaric she made traditional blood testing seem like she described like taking vials of blood and she's like, and people are debilitated after it and they just take so much blood. So it was just kind of (laughs) like as someone who gets their blood tested like frequently, it was just, it was kind of funny. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember like researching all of this, like when all of it happened and being like, wow, she really like amped up the drama with blood draws. Oh my, like, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. So intense. I like, I was laughing at like some of the like commercials or whatever to yeah. getting like, like a uh, venture capital funds, like her like little spiel. I was like, what? Yeah. Like that is, that is, that's not true. Yeah. If you look <laughs> up the commercial, I'm sure they're still online somewhere like the commercials for her company and yeah, they were they're just like ridiculous. So insane. <laughs> so like how medical there there's no knowledge with that. Just, yeah. Exactly. So, so even though many medical experts, including Phyllis Gardner, the medicine professor at Stanford, told her what she was envisioning is impossible, Elizabeth continued her endeavor. In fact, she was so sure of her idea and of her company that the advisor and dean of Stanford's School of Engineering, Channing Robertson, backed her idea and became the first board member. And he wouldn't be the only one that Elizabeth would successfully convince. In 2003, Elizabeth renamed the company Theranos, which is a combination of therapy and diagnosis which is called a portmanteau word, which I just thought was cool. It's like when you combine two words, like smog, like smog is smoke and fog. Oh, Yeah, I didn't know that those those had a name, but they do. And I like grammar, so there you go. And I'm a grammar nerd. (laughs) At this point, Elizabeth was ready to meet venture capitalists and get funding for her company. In order for Elizabeth to to do that, She needed an identity, so she pretty much just took one. Elizabeth was a longtime admirer of Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple. She admired him so much that she decided to be just like him. She began dressing in only black turtleneck sweaters and spoke in a baritone voice. (laughs) Let's just take a moment. (laughs) So creepy. It's so insane. And he also like dropped acid to like think of his new ideas. Did she do that? I want to know. Probably not. One interesting thing of note is that former employees of Theranos heard her frequently use her normal voice in the early days of the company, and she also didn't start dressing like Steve Jobs until after Theranos began. However, Elizabeth claims that she had been wearing black turtlenecks since she was a child, and her family claims that her deep voice is completely authentic. Wow. Also, many employees in the documentary claimed that she never blinked, and it was really unnerving because it was hard to maintain eye contact in conversations with her. <laughs> How do you never blink? I don't know. No, it's in the documentary, too. Like, I was watching it. I was like, oh, my God, she's seriously, she's not blinking. Like, in an entire, like, long shot of her walking down a hallway, that one blink. Is she a robot? I think that's my, that's what I think. Okay. 
And like, I just do want to say that like most of the people that are in this industry, like this innovative, like technology, like it's not a shot at her. Like all creatures of this industry are unique. Jack Dorsey used to only eat seven meals a week and fast on the weekends. And he also practices Vipassana meditation, which is where you sit cross-legged without moving for two hours a day. Steve Jobs only wore black turtlenecks like her and ate only fruit. He was a fruititarian. And he also thought that he didn't need to shower because of that. And he even soaked his feet in toilets at the company for relaxation. Mark Zuckerberg only ate meat that he killed himself, which I think is kind of badass. But (laughs) he has his team blow dry his armpits before public appearances. I mean, that's not that weird. Okay, so I can totally get on board with it. But if you're having people do it for you. I mean, he probably has people do literally everything for him. I know, but it's just really blow dry your armpits. But, like, get a new shirt. Like, just put on a shirt right when you go on. Apparently, he has, like, anxiety. So, like, I totally understand. I mean, yeah. Have you ever seen him talk to the government? Like, Supreme Court? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I would, too. I mean, in general, being in that, like, in that industry or that high, like, that that level of, of tech, you are going to have a ton of anxiety. Do you think all those assistants like did other things or do you think they were just his armpit blow dryers? I think they did other things. I feel like that's a little blown out of proportion. All he did, they just, right when he gave a speech, they're like, all right, it's my time to shine. This is what I'm here for. What kind of blow dryers did they use? I don't know. Probably a cool setting. Mm. Oh yeah. The cool blast. Yeah. The cool blast. Even the one-time director of Nintendo Shigeru Miyamoto was obsessed with guessing the size of random objects and even carried around a measuring tape in his pocket to see how close he was. <laughs> okay, that's something I could get get down with. I know, right? Like, I'd be like, yes, let's play. How many do you think that is? You want to bet on it? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's really funny. So, they're all crazy. It's, she's not unique in that sense. Like, they all have a thing. But they all had their own thing. She stole someone else's thing. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. She kind of was just like, which I think like, can you imagine like there's probably like a six-year-old out there now that's like going to be just like Mark Zuckerberg. Probably. Yeah. Or um, blow drying his own armpits with his mom's hair blow dryer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, probably. Someday. I mean, Elon Musk has like some weird stuff about him too. They all do. They all I mean, that's just, but it's also like, everybody's kind of weird. Yeah. Everybody, like, I'm weird. You're weird. Everybody's weird. But they just get their stuff, like, blown up, you know, because everybody's looking at them. Very true. I don't think I, I don't think I could soak my feet in a toilet, though. I mean, that's a little too much. I mean, if it was anybody that wasn't Steve Jobs, you'd be like, dude, what are you doing? You got to get out of the toilet. Like, think about any, if you saw any other person, like if you walked into a bathroom and saw someone like soaking their feet in a toilet, you like, you'd run (laughs) because that is a red flag. That is a red flag. But 
I, I feel like I remember that being in his like docu docu. What is it? Not it wasn't. It's not a documentary. If he's not in it, it was like the doc series. Like oh, okay. a, I forget what it is, but yeah, where um, where he's like soaking his feet in in a toilet, and I I never questioned it until this very moment because I don't think I registered that his feet were in a toilet. <laughs> Because it's just not something you do. <laughs> so anyway, by 2004, Elizabeth had raised $6 million for Theranos. And by the end of 2010, she had amassed $92 million for the company. I'm going to let you stare off into space for a minute with those numbers. <sighs> it's like, okay, as a woman who owns a business, totally different space, but I'm, you know, CBG, which is consumer um, goods, like products. So uh, she is in a tech industry, which is even more, like, even harder to get funding for. Um, Even though there's so much money that goes to tech, tech and healthcare is like, the most funded venture capital industries. But like on top of that, being a woman in tech and getting that much money, like that is incredible. It's insane. It is amazing that like her drive and how she talked and like her ideas and like how she got people backing her, the whole thing, like she could literally do anything and why she chose what she did, you will find out. But like, kills me she had 92 million dollars to do whatever the hell she wanted to just wait she'll get more i know so frustrating so in 2011 elizabeth met george schultz the former secretary of state after talking for over two hours elizabeth gained another member for the theranos board more notable members of the board and or investors included many more wrinkly old men, uh, including Rupert Murdoch, Robert Kraft, Carlos Slim, the Walmart people, and Dolores Umbridge herself, Betsy DeVos. Until 2013, Theranos operated without any press releases or even a company website, until she partnered with Walgreens. Theranos would install in-store blood sample collection centers inside every Walgreens. The machine... Behind the blood collection devices was aptly named the Edison. And if anybody knows history and that history repeats itself, Edison has proved to be more than controversial. Like the invention of the light bulb was actually like this other guy named Swan. So he never actually invented the light bulb, but he knew how to sell the idea of a light bulb. And that's exactly what Elizabeth Holmes was doing. She was selling an idea disguised as a product. And the idea of Theranos is fascinating. They would be turning every Walgreens into a laboratory that could instantly detect and diagnose patients' ailments. By the time word got out that Theranos partnered with Walgreens, Elizabeth had the media's attention. Elizabeth appeared on the cover of Fortune magazine, Forbes magazine, T, which is the New York Times style magazine, and Inc. magazine. Forbes called Elizabeth the world's youngest self-made billionaire. Which, I mean, who gives a shit about that title now with, like, (laughs) YouTubers and Twitch streamers and all that? Um, 
Theranos was valued at $9 billion by 2014 and had raised over $400 million in venture capital. Also, by the end of 2014, Elizabeth's name appeared on 18 U.S. patents and 16 patents in countries around the world. By the next year, Theranos had agreements to use their technology in conjunction, in conjunction with Capital Blue Cross, AmeriHealth, Caritas, and Cleveland Clinic. So a ton of, you know, like really insanely big deals with like major, you know, healthcare conglomerates. Yeah. And no one had even like really seen anything. <laughs> so they were sold on an idea. Yep. And a promise from that. And that's it. So a writer at the Wall Street Journal named John Carreyrou began a top-secret investigation after receiving a tip that no one really had any proof that the Edison machine worked at all. Carreyrou began to speak with ex-employees and even obtained a comp- or company documents that began to confirm that the device behind the entire company of Theranos, the device that was going to revolutionize the medical industry and change the world, was a lie. In fact, when investors came for a demonstration, they would get their blood sample taken like it would be used in the Edison with the finger prick and then the nanotainer, which was like this tiny container that they collected blood with that she takes pictures with all the time. Um, The samples would be placed in the Edison device and then the investors would be whisked away to lunch to wait for the results. Meanwhile, the tests were then taken out of the device taken to the lab and the tests were physically conducted by lab assistants and then they delivered them disguised as results coming from the edison devices how shady it was all smoke and mirrors <laughs> also, at one like, point how would you feel like being the the tech people that are running these tests and like having to lie to like continue their job well yeah and then if people were fired, like Theranos started out with like a lot of really qualified people, a lot of people, you know, ahead of their, you know, top, top, top field people. And then as those people would leave, they would start replacing them with people that were not qualified. So at one point, you know, people like scientists conducting stuff in the lab, a dermatologist got hired. Like (laughs) they just kept like, Going downhill. (laughs) You will do. Right? (laughs) You've worn a lab coat before. Come on in. (laughs) At one point, Elizabeth received word that the investigation was taking place and thus began a legal and financial attack against the Wall Street Journal and the ex-employees, whom I'm sure were extremely threatened because, of course, they signed NDAs when they were hired. So, like... They could have just, you know, them coming out and for, you know, being whistleblowers was, you know, dangerous. And it's so similar to what Ronan Farrow went through when he was investigating Harvey Weinstein and also why so many previous journalists neglected to publish articles about Weinstein and also why NBC wouldn't let him publish this either. Like, this is what journalists face every time they try and tell the truth in situations like this. And also the same lawyer that she was using was the one that Harvey Weinstein used. So 
I'm gonna I'm just gonna put another little red flag down right here. Mm. Wow. So despite all of this, in 2015, Carrie Carrie Rue was able to publish the bombshell article, and then he continued to release a series of articles, and then he even published a book titled "Bad Blood: Secrets and Lies in Silicon in a Silicon Valley Startup," and that was released in 2018. Within his writings, Carrie Rue revealed that the Edison machine in, was indeed a sham, and Theranos was actually even using machines manufactured by other companies to test samples while masking it as results from the Edison device. It was claimed that fewer than five successful tests were ever actually conducted with the Edison device. What was the money going to? Like $92 million right from the beginning on a hope and dream that never worked. It's like, why wouldn't you just continue to try to make that work? I mean, I'm sure they were. It's not that they stopped trying, but they got so ahead of themselves and so, you know, past that point where they couldn't really go back and say, oh yeah, we're still working on this. So after all of this negative press, Elizabeth began a virulent media defense and claimed that the published data proving accuracy of its tests would soon be available to the public. While appearing on CNBC's Mad Money with Jim Cramer, Holmes said that this is what happens when you work to change things. First they think you're crazy, then they fight you, and then all of a sudden you change the world. Which... Which is true if you weren't completely full of shit to begin with. (laughs) By the beginning of 2016, Theranos was in trouble with Medicare and Medicaid after an inspection of their laboratory in Newark, California revealed issues with staffing proficiency. They didn't know what they were doing. Procedures? There were none. And equipment? See, previous rant is nothing fucking worked. (laughs) CMS, Medicare which is Medicare and Medicaid, recommended that Elizabeth be banned for, from doing her own lab things for two years. Elizabeth appeared on the Today Show. She claimed because she is a Steve Jobs robot and shows no emotion and doesn't blink, that she was devastated to learn about the issues in her lab and they would completely be rebuilding a brand new facility with a super-duper special medical advisory board. First of its kind, never been done, brand new, except every other company that does medical thingies and they have experts to begin with. And you also know. it's kind of the law. That, same, uh, same. Yeah, same. I mean, you got to do it. There's no, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so she was banned by CMS that year. Girl, you banned. And when I hear someone being banned, I always think about the Seinfeld Library episode where he gets banned for, like, not returning a book, like, 20 years earlier. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> One person's going to catch that. <laughs> I feel like you're the only person I know that has watched the entire, like, season of Seinfeld. Like, seasons. that's a big commitment. Seasons? Series. Two, 20 seasons? Series? Nine, nine seasons? I don't know. There's a lot. <laughs> but you've watched all of them. Every single one. And you know all of them. Like yeah. you can quote them. I have I have my people that also know them. <laughs> if you're out there listening. <laughs> I'm not here. That's not me. At this time, Walgreens ended their relationship with Theranos and closed their in-store blood collection centers. Which I have to state, 
because that's what it said in the article. But and and it's obvious, but also then I was thinking that it'd be totally weird if they like ended the partnership but kept them open. Like I don't know, they just kept taking blood and people kept asking, like, are you still doing the blood collection centers? And they're like, Yeah, sure. And then we asked them, like, Walgreens, what are you doing with all the blood? And like a really John Mulaney voice. They're like, I don't know yet. We're just hanging on to it. <laughs> We're Walgreens. We're Walgreens. <laughs> the FDA also said that Theranos needed to stop using its capillary tube nanotainers, which is one of their most famed inventions because Elizabeth longingly stares in it. And like all these different pictures, like anytime, like you look up a picture of her, it's her like holding like the tiny little thing and just like staring into the abyss. Maybe she's so creepy. It's like they're, it was like her mascot, her little tiny mascot. It was her little baby. And then like the no blinking thing freaks me out though. Oh yeah. It's terrible. (laughs) That's, that's like right up there is like when someone's arms don't move when they walk, like those are the two things. That I can't like handle of a person. I feel like we're in like an episode like that movie, like they live. Like (laughs) I'm just gonna like put on the sunglasses and just like run away. All right. So Arizona was the first state to pilot the Edison device in Walgreens, and it was pretty much a nightmare. First of all, the Edison machine wasn't working, so Theranos and Walgreens made an agreement. Walgreens would collect samples at their store locations. Instead of the fi- finger prick that the patient was expecting with all the new technology and like the commercials and like all that stuff, the technician would explain that their test required more blood sample and state that they needed to do a venous sample instead. These samples would then be taken back to the Palo Alto lab, which had a pseudo test facility set up just to test all this stuff. Just just for the Walgreens deal. Like, they were like, oh, we're going to have to, like, set up a lab because our stuff doesn't actually work. So they continued this, like, ruse and set up a lab. So they, like, UPS, like, samples to their lab in California, tested the results, and then sent them right back to Walgreens in Arizona. Like, they never even left. And we're like, yeah, this is this is fine. So. So, like, a regular blood test? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that people were, you know, just getting done. Um, So second, the concept wasn't integrated into the medical community. So say that you want to get a Theranos blood test and the results come back that your cholesterol is high. And you say, well, in that case, I'm going to need statins, which few regular persons know that that's a medicine that is an intervention for high cholesterol. On the off chance that you actually know what medication that you need, or that's what Google told you, like, now what? Like, what does that information do for you? You're not, you can't just, like, walk up to a pharmacist and be like, hey, I think I need this. So you've paid for this blood test out of pocket or with your insurance at a reasonable price to seemingly avoid paying the outrageous prices of traditional lab testing because they had this whole breakdown of, like, all these different, like, super low prices that people could do for like their, their lab testing. And as Elizabeth claims, you were hoping not to be debilitatingly drained of blood, like what normally happens at blood tests, but then they end up doing that anyway. But now you need to go and pay for a doctor visit. Who's not going to be able to do anything with some random freaking blood test from Walgreens 
to a company that doesn't even have reliable data on the accuracy of their testing methods and who set up a shantytown outside of their engineering facility to test blood samples because the original design surrounding the entire company had yet to even come to fruition. Anyway, so this doctor is staring at you with this blood test that you brought in yourself. Like, what is he going to do? He's going to want to do a physical exam, get your medical history, and then do another blood test. So you have gotten nowhere with this. Why did Walgreens think this was a good idea to start doing? What I mean, like, I get that. But, like, there's a point where the full circle wasn't making sense. So, like, they have a blood test, and then the blood test says they're, like, vitamin D level is low. So they're like, oh, let me just get some over-the-counter vitamin D. But if it's like you have, you know, high cholesterol, you can't do that over the counter. Yeah, exactly. You have, you know, like there's so many things that you can get back from a blood test that you can't understand and read it. First off, like I don't, I like, there's few things that like, I would be able to go like, oh, well, this is what's wrong with me. Like, No, that's why you go to a doctor to get that done. And the physician who has studied many years to be in the medical field and has a degree will tell you what's going on and what you need to change or what you can fix. It's not like, that's just so bizarre to me. Yeah. And these people were also not getting accurate results. And these were results coming from life-changing conditions like HIV, cancer, and even having a miscarriage. So it's not like just vitamin D level. Like these were like serious things. I mean, in either way, like a miscarriage, like having like the wrong results, like that is insane. So. Wait, so there was a woman who was given a like a, a blood test saying that she had a miscarriage, even though she was pregnant. I don't know. They don't go into specifics and in anything because all of that stuff is sealed. Mm. But these were just like examples that I found in things. I mean, the cancer and the HIV; those are both terrifying. But like, I guess I'm thinking you are pregnant, and then you're told you're not pregnant, and then or the other way around, equally as bad. Yeah, like saying you're not pregnant and like going out and just getting like waste like that's also not okay either yeah because then you're like i'm upset so now i'm going to have a glass of wine or a bottle and you probably shouldn't do that if you're in your first trimester yep so in 2017 the state of arizona filed a lawsuit claiming that theranos had sold 1.5 million blood tests in the state the tests that were technology technologically unreliable in the first place and they gave flawed results and this was substantiated by John Carreyrou, the writer, who actually went to Arizona and did the test. He's quoted saying, Arizonians were essentially used in a big, unauthorized medical experiment. And the Arizona government provided a lax regulatory field for the entire operation to exist in the first place. Because what's breaking a few rules and harming people if it's going to make a lot of money in the future, right? Nope. Elizabeth desired. Elizabeth denied any wrongdoing, but settled the lawsuit by agreeing to pay $4.65 million, which included refunding consumers, the cost of the testing, civil fines, and attorney's fees. In early 2018, the SCEC charged Elizabeth Holmes 
and Ramesh Balwani for taking more than $700 million in investor capital while advertising a completely false product. They claimed that the company made a claim in 2014 that they had $100 million in revenue when in fact it was $100,000, and falsely claimed that the technology that didn't exist was under contract with the Department of Defense. How does it? First off, how do you not fact check that before you send someone millions of dollars? Because she just told people that it was classified. You can't do that. There's like, you have to open, like, you're, well, she's cooking her books and making like fake documentation because, like, I've gone through the venture capital stuff. You have to send them literally everything. Like, you that's can't all called anything. due diligence, which none of these people do. And it's wildly insane. <laughs> like, that happened. So, people who paid attention to politics over the last several years might remember General James Mattis, who was part of the Trump administration for a period of time. He became an investor and proposed that the military would eventually use the Edison machines to treat wounded soldiers in the field. Which is preposterous in the first place because triage does not need diagnostic testing. It's acute care of physically wounded soldiers. An immediate blood test is not going to help diagnose someone or provide the correct like therapy that they need at the moment. Like loss of blood. Like that's your what (laughs) wait, what did he do? What was his position? His that was like what they were gonna do with that the proposed oh, sorry. What what is he what did he do in the government? Um so General David, James like, Mattis was the um who's like the main like military person like in like the president's cabinet. Oh, Secretary of Defense? Yes, that he was that. Okay, so he was the Secretary of Defense and he was quoted saying that they would use this on the battlefield like that was what the proposal was in like conversations and stuff. And that's like when he like came, like, you know. That is outrageous. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh my gosh. Okay. I mean, it's, I think it's substantiated that he was an investor of all of this. I wouldn't say that he, it's, he's quoted saying that, but that was like something I read. So Elizabeth settled this portion of the lawsuit. She agreed to pay $500,000 in penalties, surrender voting control of Theranos, and she was barred from serving as a public officer for a company for 10 years, which is until 2028, which is not that long, really, thinking that the trial is just getting started in 2021. So after slowly laying off its 800 employees between 2016 and 2018, the company began to dissolve and the remaining assets went to its creditors. I also found a Vanity Fair article, and the article talks about how Elizabeth flew across the world to adopt a husky, who she named Balto, after the story about the famous sled dog that trekked across Alaska to deliver a diphtheria antitoxin. And she also claimed that he was a wolf and was sure to tell everyone that she had a wolf. And I kind of think that maybe she just got like really into Game of Thrones at this point. <laughs> So <laughs> Elizabeth claimed that Balto represented the perseverance for Theranos and the upcoming battle that they had. 
By the last few months of Theranos, Balta was a constant presence next to Elizabeth at the company. In the lab, scientists argued that the dog hair would contaminate samples while board meetings were frequently interrupted by Balto relieving himself in the corners of the room. Shut up. <laughs> oh my god. In June of 2018, after a two-year investigation by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of California, a grand jury indicted Elizabeth and Ramesh on nine counts of wire fraud and two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud, with prosecutors alleging that Elizabeth and Ramesh used the the company in one scheme to defraud investors and another to defraud doctors and patients. Elizabeth stepped down as CEO of Theranos after the indictment, but has remained chair of the board. It's still around. No, it's dissolved now, but like she, she was still like the chair before it dissolved. So in the past few years, the strategy for their defense has been speculated including blaming the media for their downfall, including the influence that John Kerry Rue's article for the Wall Street Journal caused the company to fail. As of now, it seems that Elizabeth will be using the defense that Ramesh emotionally and sexually abused her and controlled all aspects of her life, including all the poor choices made for the company. Ramesh has denied all of these claims. And Ramesh, you'll see him, his... Nickname is Sunny in the documentary on HBO, which I have linked. Um, I just I don't feel like talking about him because who cares? In October of 2019, Elizabeth's defense team withdrew, citing that they had yet to be paid for their services and did not expect to be paid ever for their counsel. The judge allowed them to withdraw. In 2020, a federal judge dropped the charges on conspiracy to defraud patients and doctors since the money for the testing was paid for by insurance companies. So that left them with the nine charges of wire fraud. And then another charge was added on later that year relating to some blood test of a patient. I haven't seen details on that. On July 10th, 2021, Elizabeth gave birth to a child with her husband, the heir of some random hotel company. Who cares? He's, his parents are rich. And no one even knew about the pregnancy until March when they requested a trial delay, which is not a great look for the judge, just FYI. (laughs) Elizabeth and Ramesh will be tried separately. The jury selection for her trial started yesterday, and opening statements will begin on September 8th. The trial is expected to last 13 weeks, and Elizabeth could face up to 20 years in prison. Wow. Yeah. So... Um. My feelings about Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes are two-sided. If you think about the people that Theranos defrauded, it's all rich assholes who didn't do their due diligence, and they still have plenty of money to wipe their tears with after all of this is over. Like, they were just, that's, that's why, you know, as you say, like, how hard it is to get venture capitalist funding. Like, you have to send them all this stuff. None of them did that. So you know what? That's your fault. Now, one of the most impactful crimes that Elizabeth Holmes committed is jamming the door for the next female entrepreneur that wants to become a pioneer in technology and healthcare and is going to have an extremely hard time because Elizabeth Holmes is now the benchmark to why every venture capitalist group can say no. And that might mean that there is a girl out there that can change healthcare for the better and she may not ever get the chance now. It just upsets me like 
it upsets me so much because I feel like there's been such a hard time for, for women to overcome being able to, to get into that, the, that C level CEO, Mm -hmm. CFO, like getting that title in these major companies is huge. Just like, I mean, 2019 was like the first woman, um, CEO in, uh, like the auto automa um automobile uh industry for like the big the big companies and that just happened in in 2019. Mm-hmm. That was the first female CEO um for I think General Motors mm-hmm. and like that just happened. And like you have like women fighting to get up there and and it's just not a good look. Not a, like I know it happens all the time with like you know other industries with men, but especially like in a in an industry where there, there's not a lot of women representation, um, and getting funding like is a nightmare. Like it is so hard to get venture capital funds. It's who you know. And she obviously knew the right people. Her parents knew the right people for sure. Mm -hmm. So having those connections, it opens up so many doors for her. And then like right off the bat, getting like millions of dollars to invest in her company. She obviously had a incredible like idea and this like dream to like get their attention to want to invest. So it like at the end of the day, like getting venture capital, like money or funds in general, having anybody invest in you, it's about your drive and like the CEO behind the company and the promises that you keep because they want their money to turn into something. But a lot, like a lot of the, the venture capital, a lot of the venture capital, um, they, there's a, there's like groups that will like hunt for the right fit for, for everyone. So for example, like you mentioned Walmart was one of them. Um, I've actually like spoke to the per- person who like represents the Walmart um, like funds. And like, there's someone who represents who will go out and do the due diligence for those families so that's like a family office. So it goes like there's a bunch of different levels with like funds. And, and they fell for it. Capital. Yeah. So, but it wasn't just one person that fell for it. And then also when you get, when you keep adding these people on the board who are these huge, you know, big names and they're like invested in your company and that company, then you automatically feel safe to invest money as well. Yes. So it's like a ripple effect. So she got the whoever was from Stanford on her board right away. And like right from there, like it's a ripple effect. That first person that jumps on the board, it's like dominoes, getting the money, getting people invested and shame on her for like deploying this idea that couldn't happen. And she never took a knee and said, Hey, this isn't going to happen. Like I can't do this. She just kept on playing the game and pretending like it was, it was going to get there and she got caught. And like, 
that sucks, but I, I hope and I, I, I feel like there shouldn't be a, a thought process for, um, you know, women in techs, like comparing uh, like any women in tech comparing to, to her because she is, I feel like she's a totally different beast, I guess is the right word I want to use. I don't know, but yeah, that, that, and it's so unrealistic. The idea is so unrealistic that I don't understand how people in any medical sense would be like, yeah, this is going to happen so quickly too. Yeah. Like that part really, enrages me because it kind of just like proves like how gullible like our healthcare system is. And also one thing that I noticed when I was reading some articles and like going back, like when she was first, like I'm talking like 2013, like when she was first like coming on the scene and she went to like the Forbes, you know, top 100 thing to be, you know, interviewed and all that stuff. And she made like a big deal about saying like, no, I'm the CEO of this company. Like I'm one of the first like female like CEOs. Well, you just lied and threw that all away for someone who actually deserves to be there. And I think that is such a travesty, like beyond all of this, like civil or, you know, like legal stuff that's going to go on in the trial and everything like you ruined essentially ruined things for a long time she took away other she took away other people's opportunities so like that money got invested into her company that wasn't wasn't going to do anything that money could have been invested in companies that would further our knowledge on cancer our further our knowledge on you know literally anything in the medical field that was actually going to help us today instead of a a hope and a prayer that this was going to, to do something. Mm -hmm. But I feel like on like a side note of investor, this was a product that they were going to make money with right away. Yes. So it's tech and medical. Mm -hmm. So there's like a huge industry of investors that she could, a pool of people she can also like hack into getting money from. So, um, I mean, it, it makes sense how she got so much money. It makes sense how she got there. Um, it just sucks that, you know, her idea didn't work out. And I, you know, I don't know what her situation was, if she was sexually abused, if she wasn't, but kind of blaming all of that on, on that situation. Like she was on her way, like this was her idea. This yeah. is what she started so at any time, there should have been a moment of of clarity that she was affecting other humans' well-being. And that's where it bothers me. I'm so conflicted about this defense that she, if she indeed uses it, it's just speculation right now. And I think it was in some, you know, pre-court documents. But you, if if it indeed is not true... Good job, like, taking that away from people who actually experience stuff like that. Like, you're just being a shill for the next thing. Like, you're just owning something else that, like, you've never actually experienced. And did that really affect every decision that you made in that company? 
because I, I just, I don't, we'll see, we'll see what the jury thinks, but yeah, I'm excited to follow the case. Yeah. I definitely want to follow it and I think we'll do some updates once it's underway. Um, but yeah, it's just getting started right now. So yeah, that's a very interesting, um, interesting story and it's, you know, I, I always thought this, this whole, I mean, I always thought the series of events with this was just crazy in general. Um, and then like learning, I knew that she got a ton of venture capital funds, but just, I didn't realize it was that much. And it just blows my mind. It's it insane. just like blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. Like, and so statistically um, with like venture capital funds, all of the money allotted per like, let's see, I think it was 2020 or 2019. It was like 4.3% were given to women owned businesses. Yeah. And then it breaks down that it's like, like it's like, less than a, a half a percent of, of the women are like minority. And then on top of that, like, it's like less than half percent are male black men, Mm -hmm. which is like, so you take 5.5%, let's go up, you minus that. And the rest is going to white males. Yeah. (laughs) White males. Males. <laughs> white, white males. And that is, that's the pool that women are like are working with yeah. when they're trying to get funding for any, that's all categories, tech, health, CPG, everything. Yep. And like, it blows my mind that she was given this golden egg, this opportunity, once in a lifetime opportunity to have that much money given to her, a woman-owned business, a CEO, tech industry, like, and she completely ruined it. <laughs> like, that is, that is a, you can change lives. Like, and I, I feel like there was some optimistic energy in her life at one point that that was her goal, right? But Man, that oh, it's so frustrating. It's so much money. You could do so many things. <laughs> oh, anyways, I'm sure Balto's crazy. fine. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm so. really interested if she testifies on her own behalf because I think that'll be. Will she blink? Something to watch, and also if any investors testify, I'm really interested in that too. Like, who's it going to be? We'll see. Didn't they already get their money back, though? They already were given the money back? No. How much money? I thought they had to give some, like, the story said they gave well, like million? They had settlements, but some of that went to, like, people and, like, in the state of Arizona. But, I mean, they're still, it all got liquidated. And I know shares got liquidated. But I'm still, I, I, 
doubt that like it all just like went back. That's not how that stuff works. Oh no, but like there's also a risk when you invest. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't you can't expect every investment you have is going to make you money. I think like, I read um it's normal if twenty percent of your investments fail. Like that's like what you expect. Yeah. Um but hers they just lied about, which is fraud. <laughs> yes, oh. it is. So let's well, do great story. Thank you. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, check out the documentary I'm gonna have linked. Check out the book and just Google her face. <laughs> Should we do some girl crushes? Girl crushes. Girl crush. Well, I actually was going to talk about this (laughs) anyways. And then you kind of brought it up. And then I was like, well, here we are now. Um, Actually, so it was 2016. Um, Mary Barra, she was uh, she became the the chief executive officer of General Motors. Um, so not 2019; it was 2016. So, um, which that's so funny that that was my my girl crush today. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So how fitting <laughs> it was. I was like, this is because. Um, yeah, I was just fascinated by her um, like motivation to, you know, have General Motors um, have a like zero emissions. She has like goals and stuff to to kind of you know tackle, and it's not like a a short term goal. It's like a fifty year goal with their company. Okay, and, um, so she is it. I just think she, she seems like a really good CEO and, um, everything I've read about her, um, she has like great leadership style. And I think it's amazing that, you know, there is finally a CEO woman in the, the automobile industry, um, especially like such a, a major company like General Motors. Um, just think about like that that pressure. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, insane. Isn't that crazy? So um yeah, I just think it's it's really cool. So so mine is um just as highbrow as that. Um I found an article and a 56-year-old woman was arrested in Santa Rosa County, Florida for a dispute that she had with her husband over spaghetti. Um, deputies responded to a call regarding a physical domestic disturbance. And apparently when um, Aisha Torres came home, she was angry that her husband made spaghetti, please say. And when she came to the room, she threw the spaghetti at her husband and then hit him with a glass container of meat sauce. Which I'm going to assume is Piro's bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Also, first off, waste of Piero's bolognese. Well, it's probably an empty jar because he already made the spaghetti. Oh, then maybe she was upset that he used the Piero's bolognese yeah. without her. Maybe she's That's a Rayos fan. She sounds like a Rayos fan. Oh, no, she doesn't. She does not. She's violent. Support- well, maybe he deserved it, you know? What if he was eating spaghetti with another woman there? What if she was like, that's my bolognese sauce, you know? Torres was placed under arrest for battery and she was booked with no bond. (laughs) (laughs) I love this story. (laughs) In my head, I am imagining that there was another woman and she was upset because he was using the cherished Puro's bolognese sauce. So... So, yep, I just needed, I needed to end on something light because I've been like in the weeds for at least 12 hours. I really appreciate that. I feel like our stories were heavy, uber, excited cat, kind of heavy story that was a little, you know, heart wrenching. And then I'm like, yay, woman CEO. And then funny. I like it. And you should see the the terms that I Google when I'm looking for story. Like it's usually Florida, Florida woman, <laughs> Florida woman arrested, woman arrested, found a gem. That's so funny. See, when I'm looking for like girl crushes, I'm more like powerful women in the world, <laughs> trending women. Well, we each have our niche, Brianna. I know you're funny. I'm me. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. This was a long one. This was a long one. Oh, wow, it is. I know. That's okay. Sorry. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week for Brianna's story. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you to our dear friends Carly and Dylan Peterson for creating our theme song and show music. You can follow their band Valentine on Spotify and on social media at, at Valentine the Band. Visit our show description for sources and episode links. Email us at hello at girlpowerhistory.com and follow us on all social media platforms at, at girlpowerhistory. Girl power history. Girl power history.